Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the official AWS podcast. We got a special treat for you today and with all the things AWS Data Insight Day. I'm Han Wynn also known as Han Solo, your friendly neighborhood co-host of the official AWS podcast, and I am joined by Sunaina Abdusala. Welcome. Thank you, Han. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do for Amazon Web Services? Yeah, I joined AWS a couple of years ago, and I lead product marketing for Amazon Redshift, which is our offering for cloud data warehousing. I work across product sales and other teams for a host of marketing activities and data. I've been in the cloud domain for quite a few years now and B2B, big tech, most of my career. I was in Microsoft Azure previously before joining here for a few years, and prior to that, uh, was a strategy consultant in IBM. I was also in Wipro the early days of my career in software development, and then I changed. <laughs> so that's about me. Awesome. Well, this is really exciting because AWS Data Insight Day is a new virtual event from AWS. We've had a few of those such, such as uh, AWS Pi Day recently. So AWS Data Insight Day is focused on Amazon Redshift and is all a things about data. It was hosted on May 24th, and we have Sunaynet here to talk about some of the sessions and some of the innovations around Redshift. So, I mean, I heard like your team did amazing event called the AWS Data Insight Day. And what is the event all about? And give us some highlights. Yes, we're super excited to have put on this uh, event for our practitioners and folks in data. AWS Data Insights Day was on May 24th, and it is a one-day virtual event, this time with a focus on Amazon Redshift. It's similar to some of the other virtual innovation days that we've put on. People may be very familiar with Pi Day, and uh, this was the first time we hosted one for data. It was broadcasted live on LinkedIn, Twitch, and YouTube on May 24th and really aimed at telling that story of Redshift and its capabilities, given that the analytics landscape has changed so much. Our customers and newer users are really hungry to know more about how Redshift fits into the AWS data strategy and some of the newer launches that can help them with their analytics goal. So we bought this day together and it turned out great. It is also Redshift's 10th year anniversary. We went GA in uh, February in 2013 and we're just celebrating as a team as well. So was it more of a hands-on type of session or was it more for like the like C-levels, like the chief data officer type of sessions? Who, who was, you know, who were in your audience? It was primarily a data practitioner event, the analysts, uh, the data scientists, data engineers, etc. But we started off the day with content for everyone, especially the data leaders who are also curious about what's happening in the space and what AWS has to offer. So it started with a keynote from our leader, Rahul Patak, who is the VP of Relational Engines at AWS. And we had a stellar panel of customers throughout the day, both old and new, who've been with us in this journey. I especially want to thank our speakers from Gilead, Schneider Electric, McDonald's, and so on, who shared about how they go about their data strategy, how Redshift is an integral piece in helping meet their business goals. We had some technically deep and interesting sessions from our product and architect community for our data engineers, analysts, data scientists, 
And a couple that I would love to call out is the machine learning session from Tim Kraska, who is an MIT professor and leads the machine learning initiatives in Redshift as well. And uh, we also had a deep dive session on price performance, which is just a top of mind topic for our customers, especially in this environment. And there's one that is always popular, which is about the reinvention of data warehousing and the reinvention of Redshift itself by our director of product, Mirija, and our distinguished engineer, Hippocrates. So a lot of different variety over there, and we went into launches as well from reInvent and covered several popular features that people may be interested in. That's super cool, especially with Redshift, like going serverless. That's like one of my favorite ones. So you mentioned a lot of sessions. Like, tell me some of your favorite ones. Oh, there are so many to pick from. I really enjoyed hearing from our customers at the Women in Data panel, where we had leaders from Global Foundries, Schneider Electric, and Flutter Entertainment. You know, it's not often that you see a room full of women in data leaders. Combined, they have 100 plus years of work experience in data and analytics. And these women are influential. They had amazing stories to say about their data use cases in their company. And it was also hosted by Miriam McLemore, who is our Director of Enterprise Strategy. I love the diversity, especially the women representation in tech and especially in leadership. So speaking about some of the use cases, what are some of the use cases that you've heard? Well, yeah, I should totally check it out. Well, Juana from Flutter Entertainment had some great tips on cost optimization for your data infrastructure, something that, you know, we really stressed throughout the event and our customers are really wanting to hear from us. Una from Schneider Electric spoke about their usage of Redshift for a long time. They've been a customer for a while now. And theirs is a story of scale and concurrency with Redshift powering analytics to more than 70,000 plus users and just getting data from 100 plus data sources. It's amazing what they've been able to do. Global Foundries is a leading semiconductor manufacturing company and May there talked about how it was important to have federation capabilities in their environment and eliminate data duplication. So a great story there also, and you don't often hear from manufacturing companies. So she touched a lot on cost savings as well. All right. Well, we'll surely check them out for sure. So now customers are looking for ways to easily onboard new use cases and run analytics quickly. So can you tell us what is new and what important features our audience should know to get easy analytics for like various personas? Yes, of course. And we covered this a bit in our sessions. Anyone who's familiar with data management processes know that getting insights is only one part of the equation, right? It's the process of getting to that destination that tends to be ridden with challenges. And our customers have a lot of data engineering and administration problems that they could just wish away so that the business can be just enabled with insights. And it is this area that Redshift has been focusing on for the last couple of years and that led to the announcement of Amazon Redshift Serverless in 2021, your favorite launch, like you mentioned. So Redshift Serverless is just about spinning up a data warehouse very quickly without having to think about the infrastructure and, you know, how much compute do you need for your various analytics workloads? Because these workloads keep changing all the time, as is the nature of business. Amazon Redshift Serverless lets you run and scale analytics, keeping up with the variability in your workloads. 
There's no setup required. It's a great gift to customer environments where data personas are expanding, like you said, and uh, data users are only increasing. So in a way, it's about bringing data analytics to a larger set of users, making it easier. And it's also cost effective because you pay only for what you use and uh, eliminate a lot of administrative activities. In the same way, you know, when you talk about democratizing analytics, we also talk about democratizing machine learning and Redshift ML is a pretty popular feature. It's basically native integration with Amazon SageMaker and allows analysts to just do machine learning in SQL. That is, you create, train and build models in SQL right within your data warehouse. You don't have to take the data out of the warehouse. And, you know, there's just a ton of activity you won't believe it. There's about 80 billion plus inferences in our data warehouse weekly with Redshift ML. I love the way that we are democratizing the data and also providing that undifferentiated heavy lifting with a serverless piece uh, so that data scientists and the teams can focus on innovation. So I'm also hearing this thing called zero ETL and some other interesting features. Can you go into some of those details? Yeah, of course. Zero ETL is also very popular. And, you know, it is not a new thing. We did talk about zero ETL as a concept at reInvent 2022, but Redshift has been building towards this future for a while now. There are so many features that Redshift offers that kind of fall into this bucket, helping pave the way for zero ETL, whether it's about accessing data in place without having to get the data into the warehouse. We have features like federated querying, et cetera, which have been there for a while, or whether it's about uh, moving data into the warehouse without building custom pipelines. We talked about all of these features at the AWS Data Insights Day, but one that I'd love to highlight is just near real-time analytics with streaming ingestion, which has become so popular because near real-time analytics is in high demand. It's Redshift natively integrating with streaming data services like Kinesis and MSK to reduce latency and have data available almost in real-time in the warehouse where the data is produced continuously, as is the case of streams, right? In use cases like anomaly detection, for example, when you take maybe a manufacturing company where hundreds of data points are being monitored constantly for the health of the machine or the plant, access to fresh data in the warehouse is very important so that customers can reduce downtime, improve quality, etc. So native integrations such as these ensure that customers have the latest data ingested There's very little latency in when the data appears in the warehouse so that there's effective analytics provided on this data. Instead of having the data coming in just within minutes or hours, which can really make the analytics less effective. Being able to have these native integrations, which bring in the data almost continuously, almost magically, without doing any manual activities, such as staging the data separately in your data lake, or S3, or building pipelines to send the data into the warehouse. It's phenomenal, and our customers are just loving it. And this is just one of the AWS service integrations that Redshift is known for in this space, uh, in the zero ETL space. As easily as customers can access their stream data, they can also ingest files easily from their data lake. We announced something called 
S3 autocopy last year. They can tap into their data lake or operational databases without data movement. They can share data. We have very strong data sharing capabilities where customers can share data within their Redshift warehouses, whether it's across regions or across organizations. And additionally, Redshift has been investing in easier processes to analyze, visualize data, such as our query editor v2, for example, or just simpler migration capabilities with SQL and things like that. Gotcha. And it really changes the paradigm of data warehousing because once upon a time, I worked with a data warehousing team and it took forever to get the data in here. And now we are making it live data stream, which is really cool because then you get that near real time analytics to visualize it. It's amazing. So I'm sure that all of these features like really help with operational efficiencies and cost aside of like of things, right? So can you tell us a little bit more about like what are the best practices and new product features? that could help customers save more costs? That is a great question, and it is top of mind for a lot of our customers. Some of the launches that I talked about very much contributes to helping with cost optimization. For example, zero ETL and streaming ingestion. The faster customers can get to insights without having to do a bunch of admin and optimization activities, the more they save and the more efficient they become. So earlier this year, especially talking about Redshift Serverless, we introduced a lower data warehouse configuration for Redshift Serverless, which is sized to eight RPUs. RPU is Redshift Processing Unit and a unit of price based on data warehousing compute usage. This allows for customers to start their analytics workloads small if they want to and expand later on. And remember with paper use, customers only pay for the compute they use. I mentioned some of the ease of use launches, especially related to SQL capabilities like Merge. We also expanded the regions where concurrency scaling is available. So a lot of these launches help overall with total cost of ownership. But a big part of this whole equation is also price performance, as you know, uh, in the data warehousing space. And Redshift has been a leader in price performance for many years. It's just so important to customers that, you know, they keep their performance really fantastic for data users while also keeping price down. And as a team, the Redshift team has been focusing on price performance for a long time, constantly working to improve performance with automatic optimizations and both software and hardware optimizations that help customers extract the best performance for every dollar of their workload. There's an excellent session on price performance deep dive that articulates our benchmarks and the reason why we're price performance leaders. And I encourage everybody to check that out. It is also one of my favorite sessions and I couldn't resist putting a plug for that session in this, uh, you know, when you asked me this question. Awesome. Definitely. We'll definitely check out those sessions. Sounds really exciting. So in terms of security and reliability, let's talk about that a little bit more. It seems like nowadays everyone's running mission critical analytical uh, like type of workloads. So can you share what features customers can use to maximize performance and availability, also protective sensitive data and better govern the data? Of course, both those aspects, reliability and security, are so fundamental. They're job one for Redshift. And Redshift really shines here, partly being part of the AWS data environment where AWS data centers and the network is just architected to protect your information, identities, applications, etc. 
So uh, where do I start? I'll go with security first. With Redshift, you don't have to spend time building custom solutions to monitor and protect your data. Just focus on deriving insights from data. For Redshift, security is super important. It's built in, meaning you get all the basics and also the frills of security at no additional cost, which is a welcome you know, thing for our customers. We have built in identity management and federation for single sign-on multi-factor authentication, granular access control. Your data is encrypted in transit and addressed. And especially in regulatory environments, it's so important to have controls to mask sensitive data, have very fine-grained access controls that go down to the low level. So some of the recent launches include the dynamic data masking, which secures your data entitlement by masking sensitive data based on different data requesters' role or permission. We also launched role-level security controls with grant row access only to authorized roles. And early last year, we launched role-based access control on RBAC, which manages different privileges by assigning a role. So for those companies that are sharing data between Redshift clusters, for example, think of a marketing team sharing data with the sales team using Amazon Redshift data sharing capabilities so that, you know, the data doesn't have to be moved. The data can be shared in a consistent way and in a secure way. We introduced in GA recently central permissioning models using AWS Lake Formation, and that provides additional governance in managing these data shares. So a lot of really great launches to go check out. Awesome. And, you know, in terms of reliability, I believe that you support 99.9% SLA. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's ideal for business critical applications. And we're constantly working on improving it. Our built-in reliability features kick in without manual intervention. We've been supporting for a while recovery capabilities such as automated remediation of software and hardware failures, automatic backups uh, that is used to recover a data warehouse, and the ability to relocate a cluster to another availability zones without changes to applications. But as you know, these mission-critical workloads among our customers are only increasing, and there's more and more demand to get to seconds-level RTO, which is recovery time objective. So we introduced in preview at reInvent a multi-AZ deployment mode for provisioned RA3 clusters. And this supports running your data warehouse simultaneously in multiple availability zones, and you can continue operating in unforeseen failure scenarios. So it reduces recovery time to under a minute by automatically failing over your data warehouse to another availability zone in the unlikely event there's an incident, an infrastructure or an easy incident. Yeah, and enabling that business continuity to making it high availability um, is definitely key for mission critical apps. So that's awesome. So yeah, thank you. So that important. was yeah, absolutely. So that was thank you. That was very comprehensive. I mean, I enjoy learning about these sessions. So what is the one thing you want to convey for those who missed the event? Well, first of all, the show is available on demand. You can catch all the sessions live on YouTube and there is content during the day interesting for everyone. So whether you're an analytics leader or a data scientist or an analyst or developer, you know, NetNet Redshift has come a long way. And if you're someone who hasn't had a chance to get acquainted with the investments that AWS is making in the space, this day will definitely provide a lot of material for you to think about.
Gotcha. And the、uh, last question I have, most important, how do customers get started? Yes, that's the best question. Lots of resources on Amazon Redshift page, getting started guides, etc., demos. You can certainly, as an AWS user, if you're already using AWS, you can just go to the console, try Amazon Redshift Serverless for free. If you haven't had a chance to take it for a spin already, and of course, you can see the sessions at AWS for Data Insights Day, and you know, learn about some of the newer features. I did want to say that we have a new book that is coming out as a collaboration with O'Reilly, and this is called the Amazon Redshift Definitive Guide. And the first five chapters are out already, so I'll give you the links. And you know, we certainly encourage people to go and check it out. Yeah, and I know it's going to be a page turner. So that is awesome. So Sunaina, thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And as always, we love to get your feedback. But also, for those who missed the AWS、uh, Data Insight Day, you can catch the session on YouTube with the links in the show notes, and also to submit your feedback. And until next time, keep on building. <laughs>